Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I am one of your hosts, Sabrina Justison, and I am here with Vicki Tillman and Kim Smythe. And I say that I'm here with them, but that's only true because the internet has a way of bringing people together because we're trying an experiment today and we are recording from 1100 miles away from each other. I am in warm and sunny Florida. Oh, Kim gosh. and Vicky are in cold and blustery, not Florida. Actually, fortunately, at least there's this big yellow thing out in the sky. We didn't see that too much the past few days. So yeah, we got some sunshine. Oh. We'll pretend. It's warming our hearts, if not our bodies. <laughs> There we go. Hooray for the sunshine, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're conquering our, our technical limitations because we have been using Vicky's 20-year-old who talks us through things and uses very small words and creates bullet lists to tell us how to try to do this remote recording setup. So hopefully we got it right. <laughs> So, uh, and, and hopefully people enjoy the geese flying by my office window because we're, Kim and I are at my office and there's a large flock of geese right outside. So, <laughs> so it's like a little background ambiance. <laughs> I remember a bunch of geese ourselves. You know? <laughs> we are silly gooses and those there are real gooses. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. Oh, Speaking of dear. silly gooses, I I heard you guys were silly gooses yesterday. I I'm afraid I was definitely a silly goose yesterday. I was I was a silly goose who almost burned her house down yesterday. It uh, was not not a fun thing at all. I was trying to reheat a piece of pizza because I'm a gourmet cook like that, and I had. <laughs> I had it in a skillet on top of the stove, and um, Fred and I were working on a uh, refinishing a piece of furniture together, and we said, oh, no, look, we need to go back to Home Depot to get something else that we forgot, (laughs) because you always have to make 15 trips to the store to complete the one project. Of course. And... um, yeah, this is not an, a paid endorsement for Home Depot, by the way. We are not affiliates. <laughs> I've just been spending a lot of time there recently. Anyway, so we had to go back to the store, and I turned the pizza off, or so I thought. And when we went to the store and then went to another store and came back, I don't know, 45 minutes later, yeah, um, I had apparently turned the burner to high instead of off. Oh, my and goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was a close thing. It was a, it was a good, good solid pan. So it had not actually ignited, but I don't think we'll be cooking any more food in that pan in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my. I was so upset. (laughs) I just kept saying, I could have burned the house down. Fred kept saying, yes, but you didn't. So it's okay. (laughs) Good old Fred. He was very very nice about it then. Today, not so much. Today, he was busting on me. Oh, yes. But yesterday, he was very nice. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, well, I had to make Sabrina feel a little better um, just so she wouldn't feel alone. So I told her about the time that when when I was a little younger, uh, we had gone to pick my dad up at the train station and the train was late and we forgot that we left the tea kettle on. There you go, tea kettle. That's how long ago this was. 
tea kettle. Was it a whistling tea kettle? It was. And the operative word there is was. Uh Uh-oh. Because we forgot we left it on. And it was, at the time, a very new uh, technology, the flat top ceramic cooktops. Oh. And when we went to pick the teapot up, the tea kettle up, the bottom stayed on the stove because it had become molten oh, metal. No. <laughs> so you had to buy a new cooktop. Yes. So oh, we didn't know what to do. My. So we thought, well, we'll let it cool and then maybe it'll come off. <laughs> and when it cooled, it contracted and bonded to the ceramic and cracked the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a very expensive trip to the train station. We would have much rather. Yeah. <laughs> We would have much rather been going to Home Depot oh. or Lowe's, but yeah. Uh, cautionary tales on life preparation for homeschool high schoolers. Yeah, yeah like, there you let's go. Let me tell yes, you how not to do right. things. Absolutely. Good segue, Vicki. Oh, we do talk about homeschoolers, don't we? <laughs> we do. This was the how not to cook lesson from <laughs> sistershomeschool.com. <laughs> Oh, my. Oh, my. So what are we supposed to be talking about today? Uh, <laughs> Other than see. my foibles. <laughs> so I so believe th- that today. Whoop, yeah. So, well, you know, Fred was, was busting on you today. Mm-hmm. And it's because he loved you and he was having good fun. So he wasn't busting on you in a cruel way. Because he has good character. He has Christ-like character. He does he have good character. He is quite a character. Yes. He's quite a character. Is that what you said? Quite that, a, quite a, or, oh no, you yeah. said Christ-like. Wait, well, that's not the same thing at all. But, but knowing Fred, I have to tell you all, both are true. <laughs> he is quite a character, yeah. But he does have Christ-like character too, and you, you were right about that. So let's talk about Christ-like character today, shall we? And let's... Uh, Yes, Think about that idea. with homeschool high schoolers. Yeah. 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 So so how did Fro get from, and I'm sorry, Fred's nickname is Fro. I call him Fro. Because um, Sabrina <laughs> calls him Fro, and she said it was okay for me to call him Fro, too. Um, Plus, so, he, calls, he calls Kim Kimba, so it's, it's, it's nicknames galore around there. There we go. Mm-hmm. There we go. For, yeah, for those of you who are old enough to remember Kimba the White Lion, and if you're not old enough to remember, check it out. I'm sure it's somewhere online. It's fun, on YouTube, I'm sure. Yeah, fun, cool stuff. Um, but um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about how how you felt, or like what what was that like having that Christ-like response at least yesterday before the busting began. Well, quite honestly, it made me cry buckets. Like Aww. I cried more because he was being so sweet about it. Oh, and. Um, it's that moment when you experience grace and mercy when you know that you deserved anger and judgment, you know, and maybe it was on a really small scale, but I felt so upset with myself and I felt like he should be angry with me. And when instead he just wanted me to stop crying and wanted me to feel better and let it go. And it, it, just it's it's such a tender thing when you're given mercy like that wow so one christ-like characteristic 
that our teens need to develop, and some are just born kind of gracious and merciful, but usually it's a fruit of the spirit that needs to be grown. Mm -hmm, And uh, so one way we help them to grow that is by modeling it for us. Mm. So Fred was modeling graciousness to you. Mm -hmm. Right, Yeah. right. And it's it's a balance because we don't want to um, simply remove consequences or boundaries and call that grace because it's it's not the same thing as just shrugging and telling our kids oh everything is okay it doesn't matter that you didn't follow through on what I told you to do it doesn't matter that you were irresponsible or that you did something dangerous um, it's it's a different message and and you're saying yes it does matter. But I am telling you that you are more important than whatever this thing is, whatever the situation is. And even oh, if beautiful. even if there are consequences to walk through, I still love you. I still want to be in relationship with you. I still believe that you have wonderful, wonderful things about you. That's And that's what Fred was communicating to me yesterday. He wasn't saying, oh, that's okay. Go ahead and burn the house down. We don't care. Here, <laughs> play with matches, you know, have a good time. <laughs> It did matter, yeah. but he was saying that that I still had great value to him. And, and that's, boy, is that a powerful thing? Because I think a lot of teens um, ping pong back and forth yes. between wanting to excuse behavior and pretend like, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But then they bounce to the other side, which is feeling like all is lost. You know, your emotions are so... Um, roller coastery, I guess, yes. when yes. you're a teenager. And there's, I see so many of our teens who bounce back and forth between being irresponsible because they're still a little bit childish, uh, but then beating themselves up way too ferociously and feeling like all hope is lost. Yeah. I, I love the way you described Sabrina. Um, something that's really important to me um, is the, the language that we use when we're talking to one another and when we're talking to our to our teens and when we're trying to role model for them is, you know, wow, that was a big mistake or it was a little mistake that could have been a big mistake, but it's not that you are bad. You maybe make a bad Mm. choice or you make, or you didn't do something important, but not translating that to defining your character, but more um, characterizing your actions. And I think that's so powerful. I, I, I just, have seen that so many different places and times in life where, um, and sometimes it's like you said, our teen is kind of beating themselves up and you, we're the one who then needs to come in and say, no, you're not a bad person. That might've been a bad choice or a bad decision or whatever. Um, but that doesn't make you a bad person. Um, because when you start to think of them, you know, we start to think of ourselves as a bad person, or if they start to define themselves as a bad person, then sometimes you get into the self-fulfilling prophecy category, mm-hmm. which is definitely not Christ-like character. So we, we see Christ over and over in mm-hmm. the scriptures, especially with his own disciples, mm-hmm. where they are faithless or wavering or just goofy, and he will <laughs> correct their behavior mm-hmm. and offer them forgiveness and love in the way he talks to them. Like he might say, oh, how long am I going to have to put up with you guys, you know? <laughs> um, 
And and that's that's a hey, if Jesus could do it, sometimes we feel that way parent wise. Um, but that but he always forgave them. He didn't kick them out of being disciples just right. because sometimes they were goofballs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Matter, matter of fact, um, that that forgiveness thing, we we just had a great message in church this week about forgiveness and and how powerful. And when I think of Christ like character, that's one of those things that's the top of the list for me is being forgiving. Um, and it doesn't mean forgetting things. And it doesn't mean, like you said, Sabrina, taking away the consequences, but just mm. being forgiving and saying, OK, something bad happened. I still love you. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So, right. so for us to model that kind of Christ likeness, our kids can pick that up. But also, they need to see Christ doing Christ-like behavior mm. themselves. And so one way teenagers need to develop Christ-like character is by knowing him through Scripture. Oh, yes. And I, I remember how many times I have polled homeschool high schoolers in the, in the advising or in group classes. And mm. I, I'm just doing an informal poll. You know, how often do you read your Scripture? Mm. And it's kind of like grown-ups, you mm -hmm. know, so, um, you know, the truth is, is they get so busy with academics yeah, and, you know, surviving life and all that, that to actually know how Christ handled things by having read the Gospels a gazillion times mm. um, gets kind of put on the back burner during adolescence sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of, one of my uh, children just took a... Um, and in college just took a course on classical and biblical literature for real uh, for real at a secular college at a secular college and i have to Woo. tell you okay we got <laughs> we'll give props to the university of delaware here um i have to tell you she said she felt very open to share her faith and um there were her, her perception they didn't ever take a poll but she said there were kids who clearly identified themselves as christians in the class and from the way people talked, there was at least one or two people that at least had some connection with the Jewish faith. And there were clearly kids who had no particular religious affiliation or upbringing at all. And what she told me was really eye-opening to me is because of that busyness in school during high school times, you know, she felt like, you know, we've been going to church since she was, you know, um, since she, I was going to say since she was knee high, but you know, she, she never wasn't in church. Um, and so she knows all the stories and she actually shared that she felt that sharing the, the new Testament was clearly stuff that was very familiar to her. She knew those, those stories, the, um, and she's not a big reader. So for her, you know, we can say, oh, read your Bible every day for her reading. Anything is kind of like a chore to start with. Um, so maybe like a devotional or something like that, that's a little less, um, reading oriented, maybe like, maybe like, you know, not to go Jesus light kind of thing. Um, yeah. but to keep in mind that there are, are ways that you can do it that are more friendly to your teen's style or what have you. Um, but the other thing that she pointed out is just that she spent so much time and we spent so much time focusing on the New Testament and the Gospels, that in this course, when they studied the Old Testament, it really opened her eyes and unlocked things for her to see how the Old Testament, how God was really working all along, leading up to um, 
leading up to Jesus's arrival on earth um, and Jesus's ministry here on earth. And it was it was really insightful for me to hear her talk about it. Really interesting. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So she's seeing Christ-like character in a whole new, uh, with a whole new lens. That's interesting, and in a in a very different direction than I have over the last couple of years, as my as my kids all got to the end of teens, um, realized how easy it is a lot of times to sort of abandon the gospels as you mm. get older because there's so much of the stories about Jesus when the kids are little and then we sort of think we know them all yeah, yeah. and um, we get older and we sort of forget that God has made it clear that his his word is a living thing and that it, he is always going to be revealing more and more of himself to us through his word and as I have I've spent the last couple of years a lot of time in the gospels and then talking about it with especially two of my kids um, who have been really interested to sort of go back to all of those stories about Jesus you know if we were still doing flannel graphs like they did back when I was little you know all the, all the flannel graph figures and we do the feeding of the 5,000 and we do the healing of the lepers and you know these are the stories that I learned when I was little bitty, but they're also the living word of God and, and studying and reading and meditating on the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ is a powerful thing that goes so far beyond just, oh yeah, I know those stories. Yeah, because we can hear those stories so much, you know, and our kids do uh, when they're young, that they become stories. Yes, Right. And to remember that they're the living word of God mm. and that Christ is modeling Christ-like character in ways that may not fit in our Western ideas sometimes. You know, mm, if we go back right. and just read them with fresh eyes, like you think about a lot of times in our, our brains, we think of Jesus being... Oh, Jesus, meek and mild, mm. you know? Jesus well, the peacemaker, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and... There's you, another side of Jesus, isn't there? When you read the scriptures, this was a man who had confrontation when confrontation was appropriate. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was not unchristlike character, like, oh, it's, it's you know, the son of God's embarrassing moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, when, when we allow our teens time to read scripture and look for fresh eyes and maybe have some discussion with them and say, you know, yes. when Jesus called the Pharisees mm. whitewashed sepulchers, mm. he was not losing it. You know, mm. that was not mm -hmm. bad character. He was not embarrassing himself. He was having an appropriate confrontation, which is Christ-like character. And there are times when our kids need to know how to stand up for righteousness in a way that is um, um, maybe uncomfortable, but appropriate. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a learned skill. Because how many times do we, even as adults, when we do confront, confrontations or confront one another, we're either way too meek or way too aggressive. <laughs> yeah, like like sometimes we, we will stuff 
things mm-hmm. and stuff it, stuff it, stuff it until mm-hmm. we explode. Yes. And there's no right. way on earth you could accuse Jesus of having stuffed and exploded. He had appropriate confrontations. So part of Christ-like character is to teach our kids what appropriate assertive confrontation is in a Christ-like way. Mm-hmm. And even and a lovely, people- a lo- I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, this I was is harder gonna... when we're not in the same room. We can't it watch each other draw in breath and get ready. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Vicky and I are we're real close because we're sharing earbuds, so we're like earbud buds. Um, <laughs> we're we're imitating teen Christ-like behavior by sharing. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forget what I was going to say. Uh oh, you were going somewhere with confrontation, appropriate confrontation. <laughs> Sorry. So when Christ like cares, I don't think he ever forgot things he was supposed to remember. So (laughs) and and you know, like I often wonder, like like you don't really see or hear stories in the gospels about Jesus just sitting back and having a belly laugh like this, but I kind of really believe that he does. I'm sure God has a sense of humor or wouldn't have given us one. That is so true. That and that is one thing I think it's important to, to teach our kids is that I think, you know. Christ's joy is certainly something yeah. that that is Christ-like character. Um, and so even when you forget what you're going to say, your friends forgive you and you <laughs> laugh and you move on. <laughs> so it, it, we were doing confrontation. We were. We, we confront were. here about that. So, you know, in our Western culture, it is not appropriate in a grown-up setting or an adolescent talking to grown-up setting to call them whitewashed sepulchers. It, it might be kind of amusing to give it a try, but yeah. not, not appropriate. But I, I know with our kids, when they were learning how to address like teen drama or mm. something that they were uncomfortable with, with an adult, you know, like I don't agree with that idea or a professor that's wonky and they need to just do a gentle confront on something. Mm. Is We taught them plus minus plus. Oh, so, beautiful stuff. You know, you, you start mm-hmm. a, a confrontation, air quotes, by uh, saying something positive, like, gosh, I really appreciate how much I'm learning in youth group. And then you say what the problem is and what you want done about it in as close to 10 words as possible. Mm. And say, yeah, I've got, I've got a real problem with the theology of, you know, something, you know, just didn't agree with me. But I, I want you to know I'm open-minded and I really appreciate it. So, you you know, what our discussions can be. So you start the positive, end with the positive, and have a what the problem is, what you would like to see done about mm. it in 10 words around there. And then that leaves a positive and empowered um, impression. Mm-hmm. Of, and, and it really works in a lot of settings. Oh, so true. So true. It does. It does. And what, you know, what Christ-like confrontation is not, that is a very common thing in our Western culture, it is not taking offense and getting high and mighty and getting Mm. personally wounded and self-righteous in Mm. attitude. And um, that is something that we see a lot of times tied up in politically correct attitudes in our country at this season, there's there's a lot of people who are very easily offended right now. Oh, yes. And um, on a whole host of, of issues. But I had a very interesting conversation with, with a teen recently about the fact that the scripture actually tells us that um, 
as followers of Christ and as people who are characterized by the love of God, we are not to easily be personally offended. That doesn't mean we don't stand up for righteousness and it doesn't mean that we don't confront, but our reason for confronting and the thing that drives and shapes our confrontation is not the fact that our personal feelings have been hurt and we are offended. It is instead a need to speak truth and to speak it in love. So yeah. remind us about ducks. So yeah, it's just it's yes. Sabrina's comment reminds me about being a duck. Like there's some things that it's just appropriate to just let it roll off your back, which I think was another thing Jesus modeled beautifully. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a lot of times that he, if he were going to be personally offended, he could have been very personally offended by all the different screw ups. All you know, when Peter denied him, when he was, you know, when the when uh, when he asked the disciples to stay awake and pray with him and. Man, were they human right. and fell asleep? But he didn't take offense, and and yeah. we. Sh- I I love your advice. It's, it's kind of like the other element of forgiveness that often gets forgotten, is there's the forgiving other people, which is very important and powerful and everything, um, and in terms of what it does for them, but when you forgive other people, you're also freeing yourself from all of that drama, and I think that's something we can really do. Um, well to teach our teens that when they are not forgiving that it may cost the other person something but it really costs them a lot often and that that when things don't have eternal value Mm, yep that it may not be worth being all upset (laughs) about anyway that maybe it's a chance for god to work in them Mm. with the power of letting go yeah yeah very powerful yeah. stuff. Very powerful. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So, well, so something else Jesus, that we... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Is <laughs> we don't have our nonverbals. So, you know, you know when Jesus, Jesus did powerful confronts, mm-hmm. but he did them on things that had eternal value. And a lot of what teenagers and some adults do is to be offended quickly on things that that don't matter mm-hmm. but even in the personal foibles you know they, oh, like yeah. his disciples who were weak they fell asleep when he asked them to pray in the garden i mean this is the pivotal moment of mm-hmm. you know christ's life and there his friends flake out on him he did address it yes he very did. very sweetly he didn't stuff mm-hmm. it he didn't ignore it but he quickly moved on. He yeah. did not camp out on yeah. that. He he did address it, and then he forgave and went on. And went on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love also the way Christ then goes back and gives us a chance to sort of make things better or, or make things new. Like when Peter denies Christ, then, you know, later when Christ comes back, he gives Peter that chance, and he asks him three times, do you love me? And it's like those three times are, are coming back and, and um, giving Peter a chance to overcome the three times he said, I don't know that guy. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so what can we do to allow people or help people in our lives to kind of to restore relationship, mm-hmm. I think, is a very Christ-like thing um, and can right. be very challenging for any of us humans, especially the ones that are in those teenage years. Good stuff. Good stuff. Something else that we see in Jesus is his, uh, along the lines of this not being easily offended, he was not easily offended by people that were typically not popular. 
in that culture. And ah. the, the people with whom he was most often confrontational were those who were inner circle. They were the ones who had, who had all the, all the inside track there on, on being um, the religious leaders and the teachers of the law and those kinds of things. And then people who were quote unquote unclean and who were supposed to be ignored, they were not offensive to him. And he was okay with being touched by people that others didn't want anywhere near them. And that is another piece of encouraging a development of Christ-like character in our children and modeling it, is allowing people that we're not necessarily super comfortable with everything about them and their lives, but allowing them into our lives and forming relationship with them. Um, whether that is a particularly popular thing to do at a time or not. Thoughts? Right, because he, he modeled for us the love of marginalized people. And oh, good like, word, marginalized, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, like the woman at the well. You know, oh, she was yeah. not only a despised foreigner, um, but she was a woman of not good repute. Yes. And uh, so to, to take all of the most despicable things to a culture and then spend the afternoon with her and talk to right. her respectfully, um, honestly, but mm. very respectfully, that was a powerful modeling mm. for us and for our kids. Absolutely. Right. And, and the tax collectors and, you know, I was just, just thinking that. Yep. Yeah. Matthew. Uh, mm -hmm. Good old, good old Zacchaeus. Come on down from mm -hmm. that tree, dude. I'm yeah. coming over. Um, pretty, pretty special. Very, um, very powerful role modeling. I think even challenging, you know, for us as adults, like, you know, who do we spend our time with and, mm -hmm. and what judgments do we make about other people? Okay, so see, now you're going there. All right, don't, don't I'm going there. On I didn't even like mean that. to, but yeah, here we go. Yeah, so how do we reconcile that with our desire to protect our children from things that they are not ready to handle yet, things that we are afraid will be too much exposure to sin, to uh, wickedness of all different kinds? I mean, come on, let's face it, ladies. There is a really difficult tension in there. Well, yeah, so there's a lot of different aspects especially when you look at our american culture mm. and uh, you know compare it to bible times so oh, yeah. i you know to be respectful of that but what jesus modeled over and over again was he wasn't afraid of the outcast mm. in fact he loved and served them and he came to them in a position of love and service oh my so yes. it, it's not a a oh golly i'm going to try to be like you and be your friend uh, he he walked with them he talked with them he ate with them but he was always jesus mm. he didn't give up his identity he was giving them love and grace and serving so it's a position of power our kids need that same thing so if they are going to be prepared to love a marginalized human being, they need to comment that as full of the power of God's love mm. and of the, the mandate to serve, mm. but not as a, a, a weak influenced, you know, person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It's not easy, but you're, I think you're absolutely right that it is, that it is what, what our ideal is and what we need to be um, striving for in our own lives as, as well as with our kids. But 
I, I think maybe there it's important to have conversations with our teens about the fact that we are all wired uniquely. We have our own personalities, and that means that we each have certain areas that are weaker and more vulnerable to temptation. And we cannot necessarily decide across the board that this is a situation where it is always fine and if you love Jesus, you should be reaching out to this marginalized group. And we also can't do the opposite and say, this is just too risky, can't go there, can't do this. Um, but we need, to pray, we need to pray for that discernment, you know, that the Holy Spirit would show me what I can handle and what I can't, and would show my kid what he or she can handle or can't. Um, so I'll give you a couple of, of, uh, of good uh, stories about that. So in real life, uh, years ago when our youth group, we have a homeschool youth mm -hmm. group, mm -hmm. and uh, in those days that was kind of an edgy thing to do, but we you know, wanted our kids to have a chance to be together with other homeschoolers. And uh, so one of the um, blessings that came to that group was that a young woman a, a teenager who was just the kid's age mm -hmm. came and joined the group because she was a homeschooler too, and she was Muslim. Mm. And so the kids had an opportunity to face their discomfort with a faith that was different than theirs mm. and scary to some of them. And here was this, this little girl, she was as sweet as you know could be. And so some of the kids had a really hard time um, at first adjusting what they thought, you know, like mm -hmm. a, a stereotype of what a Muslim person was mm -hmm. and this sweet little thing that was in the group. Mm -hmm. And so most of them did a great job. Some of the boys didn't remember their skills as far as you don't tease a new person in the group, you know, like, you know, the, so we had to say, now remember, this is a different culture and she's not a boy, mm -hmm. so don't, you know, tease her shoes and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, but they, they learned, and by the end of the year, their family thanked us mm -hmm. um, for including her in. So she graduated high school having a field that not all Christians hated her. Mm. And, you know, God can do a lot with that kind of role modeling. Yeah, yes. very powerful. We actually have a Muslim student in our Christian homeschool umbrella school right now, and we're doing some of those very same things. It's it's a it's a beautiful experience for, for her and her family as well as for us because she really has been uh, persecuted by Christians. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so it's a good chance for us to love on, on her. Yeah, so you see, you know, what, what would Jesus do? Mm. And, and when we come from a position of the power of love, mm. because love is not a scared, weak thing. That's a spirit mm. of fear. But the power of God's love is not threatened. Mm. Not at all. There is no fear in love. And so the kids can go to school with a Muslim kid. And, um, and it's Fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, do you have another story you were going to yeah, share? Yeah, yeah. Well, another and then, one. You know, another marginalized group are those with disabilities. Oh, yeah. And so back in the early days of the, the group, there was a young man who um, had cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. And so for him, being efficiently mobile was not the easiest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, we have a, a discomfort with that. It's, you know, people like, what do we do with someone who's different? Mm. And we tend to avoid, maybe. Yes. Mm -hmm. But the kids worked really, really hard um, to treat him like a brother. 
And so one of the ways you really saw it was they had a game that they played called Three's Company, Two's Company. Do you remember that game? Mm -hmm. It involved a lot of running around and chasing each other and tagging someone out. Yes. And uh, so they included this young man as part of the group. And when he was it and had to chase people... I, you just never saw so many clumsy adolescents. They, they were so clumsy. And they would trip over their shoelaces. And it, it was astounding. Mm. And uh, so he he never was left out. Mm. And uh, was always part of wow. the, the game. And to me, that was how, you know, if Christ was in a youth group, that is exactly how he would. He would do it. Yeah. yeah. So for our kids to have that kind of inclusive, serving, loving mm-hmm. character, I think you can find, you know, that's Christ's example. Mm-hmm. Right there. So ladies, right the there. theme that I keep hearing that runs through all of this is relationships. That, um, mm. that being aware of and very intentionally building and um, nurturing relationships with people is at the core of so much that is Christ-like um, that, that we can cultivate in in our character and it's it's noticing and valuing people and what God's plan is for them and the love that he has for them that he has very graciously allowed us to participate in and um, that's a that's a not an intuitive thing, especially when you are in high school. There's so much going on of you trying to firm up your own identity, trying to figure out your place in the world, and there's all this fear of being misperceived by others or judged by others that if we are not actively challenging and encouraging our teens to um, to look at other people and to say, what could I be doing that would be building a loving, respectful honoring relationship with this person um, they're not necessarily just going to do it and that doesn't mean that they're selfish or bad it's it's a hard time in life to get outside of your own head long enough and yeah. we need to really be encouraging them to do that and and when they do and when any of us do it is so powerful mm, and it yeah. really does reinforce all these other things that we're working on absolutely yeah good stuff good stuff mm. so um What we're saying here is that we can push buttons and we can guarantee an outcome of Christ-like character in all of our teenagers, right? Is is that what we're communicating to our friends? (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, really, isn't this a formula? If you teach your kids to be Mm Christ-like and meek and mild and do everything they're supposed to do, then that equals you're going to have the perfect adult who has a perfect life with no troubles. Oh, sure. So there you go, my friends. Go go off and do likewise. (laughs) (laughs) And we're glad we could be here to help you. (laughs) Oh, if only the formula worked that way. But it does not. Well, Hmm. because you know what? There's something about that. If that formula is what would work, then where's God in that? Right. That's yeah, that we don't, would be we don't need a redeemer. We don't need a redeemer, do we? If if no. uh, we can just decide to do everything perfectly. Well, and if you look at, you know, if we want to have Christ-like character, if we look at the way God runs the universe, he helps us, he gives us the tools and the role modeling right there in scripture. He gives us the tools of prayer and the body of Christ. 
and always to learn. And then he lets us do our own growing, and sometimes it's awfully messy. Oh, my, yes. And the, the world's a messy place. Yes. And somehow God thinks that that is a good thing. Like So he his fear isn't in the picture because he doesn't have fear, and he's mm-hmm. not trying to make us all into little Stepford robots. Exactly. And if God, who actually does have the power to control the outcome, didn't choose to do that with us, then his role model clearly says that we shouldn't expect that with our kids, that we should expect them to go through the messes sometimes and for us to go through the messes sometime. And hopefully the, the outcome is that we pray for one another and that we, that we do then continually remind ourselves or are reminded of our need for him as a savior. Indeed. So a lot of what this comes back to, especially as our kids are in the teen years, is openly communicating about these things, sharing our own stories and struggles, most definitely sharing and um, not worrying that we're just doing a rerun of Jesus' story in his earthly ministry, (laughs) because boy, the gospels never get old. And um, sometimes just very concretely breaking it down into practical steps and and helping them look at a situation and say, okay, let's just just name it. This is uncomfortable, right? This is, why is this hard? What what fear are we dealing with here? Because we do still have fear that we're working on. Um, And that kind of a very very real practical conversation can open the door for an awful lot of character development. Wow. Lovely. So then they they have the opportunity for Christ-like character development. Development implies a process. Oh, there you go. Right. With ups and downs and steps forward Mm -hmm. and steps backward and just like us grown ups. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's the magic formula. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're not in charge. Right. We're not Mm -hmm. in charge of outcomes. And that is a humbling thing for us moms Mm -hmm. and dads. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. We would would like to be able to ensure that things will be be something lovely. And Mm -hmm. when they become something messy, whether it's for a short season or a longer season, what that really does is it throws us back into a greater dependence on God and Hmm. what he can do in the situation. And while that's tough, it may be one of the most profound lessons our kids ever learn is watching us struggle. Yeah, Um, I've had something going on in my extended family over the last year that has been difficult for me. And by watching me struggle, some of my other kids have taken some pretty serious leaps forward in their own faith in Christ. And they have said it's because they've been watching what struggle and dependence on God really looks like in the trenches. And so we Mm -hmm. we need to, we need to be okay with our own struggles and realizing that God may be teaching our children something tremendous through, um, through the things that we wrestle with and that are painful for us. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So hang in there, friends. Don't, don't, uh, don't be scared because God knows what he's doing and he is most definitely responsible for the outcomes and his plans are good. Yes, all the time. All the time. All the time. So one thing that may empower teens 
to feel like they can do Christ-like character kind of behaviors, like looking out for marginalized people or managing themselves, is to develop a personal mission statement. Oh, yeah. And that just it's a self-examination and looking for what God's doing in their lives. Do we know any place that they could get some help doing that? How about at sevensistershomeschool.com's ebook store? There's a writing your own personal mission statement. And uh, that is really, really, the kids really love doing that. But it really helps them to understand that God is at work in their lives. Mm. Written by our very own Sabrina Justison. Plug, I was say, I'm actually a fan of that one. I, <laughs> I like, I like that little piece of curriculum, and it's yeah. it's one of those things too that when we do things like that with our teens, um, we're helping to build a habit in them that will continue into adulthood of taking the time to stop and to observe and evaluate what God is doing in their lives, and sort of that taking stock thing, it can get lost so easily in the busyness mm-hmm. of adult life. And we want to be equipping our teens not just to be fabulous um, where they are right now, but to continue to be fabulous down the road. And Indeed. So, yes, take, take that opportunity and encourage them to take stock and evaluate. Well, we are, I think, pretty much out of time here. This one, this one got, was a little clunky for us because of the technical weirdnesses of not being yes. in the same room together. <laughs> But we hope that you have been encouraged and um, challenged maybe a little bit to come at this whole idea of cultivating Christ-like character in teens in, in maybe even a little bit different way because we're not talking about a formula. We're not talking about um, a, a checklist of steps and if you do these things, this is how it goes. Instead, we're encouraging you to um, let God set in our hearts and our minds and understanding that Christ-like character comes out of our relationship with him and it develops as a process and um, we are blessing our kids when we help them understand that that's how God does it and he wants to be right in the middle of all of it with us and it's it's his spirit at work shaping us into the likeness of Jesus Christ so we hope that you're encouraged yeah I do know one one formula that um, our our seventh sisters could follow and get a good result. What would that and be? what would that be? If they came and liked us <laughs> at our Facebook pages for the Homeschool High School podcast or Seven Sisters Homeschool, um, or like uh, subscribe on iTunes. iTunes. The the outcome of that is we would be happy. There you go. It's a guaranteed that outcome. Is a guaranteed outcome. You, that's a yes. You could be in charge of that one. And you know, it's funny if you have not done anything like trying to um, make a podcast available on the internet. You have no way of understanding how important something like a review on iTunes is. But it it lets these little mysterious things that live out on the internet, it it lets them find us for other people who are searching. So really, when you go and do a review, you're actually helping your fellow homeschoolers. We're not just asking you to do this just for us. We're asking you to do this so other folks can find us and can hopefully be blessed as well. That's right. 
That's right. Yeah. Thank you for saying that so well, Kim. That was just beautifully summed up. Well, so, because, yeah. you know, there's not one the right, right way, way to, to comment on our, <laughs> oh, no. you know, or to help your fellow homeschooler. Because we missed it last week and oh, we almost gosh. missed it this week. And we got to say right. there's not one right way. Indeed. Because this well, one kinda, was clearly I'm, an example of that. Um, I'm a little bit bummed because I was going to take us out with, you know, so as we've proven today, there is not one right way to record a homeschool high school podcast because oh, we did it differently this time. Oh, I'm so sorry. I stole your thunder. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to choose to forgive you and exhibit Christ-like character. <laughs> hey, there's there's not one right way to end a podcast. Oh, there, there you go. There you there go. I hear there's not one way to reheat pizza either. <laughs> okay. And on that note, we are most definitely going to say goodbye to all of our friends. We hope that you will join us again on the next episode of the Homeschool High School podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com. Brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Bye.